0: Well, good morning. We are so happy to have you with us here this morning. It is a beautiful day outside and a great day to be in God's house together. So thank you for joining us. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're happy to have you as well. My name is Kristen McGrew. I'm the director of Children's Ministries. It's truly an honor to be here with you this morning. If you will stand with me, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together as we start our service. Let's pray. Our Father just being the awesome and incredible God that you are for loving us more than we could ever imagine. God, we love you and we need you so much in our lives. We need your peace and your presence, your comfort and your guidance and direction. God, I just pray a blessing over the people who are here with us and those that are joining us online. God, would you just pour out your presence over them? Would you allow us to just rest knowing that you are in control? that you've got everything we could ever need or want in the palm of your hands. God, thank you for just loving us. God, I ask a blessing over this service for Pastor Scott as he brings our message and our worship team. I just pray that you will open up our eyes and our hearts for what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Good morning, church. We are glad that you're here. I want to just invite you guys to sing along with us this morning as we start our time to worship and praise. There is hope.
2: There's peace that outlasts, darkness. Hope that's in the blind. There's future grace that's mighty. So I can face tomorrow. that silence is the enemy let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety let it rise let praise arise we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and claim your victory Down every wall, you we'll watch the giants fall. You cannot survive this is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise You. We praise. We'll see You break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot stand.
1: in scripture we see when people get just a glimpse of the glory of God and how uh, great and powerful he is they can't help but praise him amen so we're gonna keep singing we're gonna add a new little piece to this song that we've done a few times it says I can't hold back my praise I'm gonna let it out you already sing that with us amen Oh. God, we thank you that you are a big and mighty God, that you are a God that brings dead things to life, that you are a God of breakthrough, that tears down walls of, uh, of challenges, whether those are internal challenges of, of sin and hangups and habits, or God, if it's just an external challenge, that we can trust you, that you are in control, that your plans and purposes cannot be stopped, God. We thank you that we get to be a part of that by just letting praise be our, our weapon against all those difficulties and challenges against anxiety and against um, faithlessness, God, that we could just praise you and that you would, uh, you would move in power when we lift your name high, God. And I thank you that you've already won those battles that are ahead of us, God. And I pray today that you would win the battle of already having worked in our hearts before Scott comes to deliver his word for us today, that, that you've won the battle of, of softening us and preparing us to be molded closer and closer into the image of your son from one degree to another. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Before you guys are seated, if you'll turn to the people next to you, shake a hand, learn a name. If you're with us online, we are so glad you've joined us today. We will be back shortly.
3: Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing good this morning. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today at Community Life Church on this, I mean, it is gorgeous Sunday morning. Uh, My name is Scott Verno and I'm the lead pastor here at Community Life and it is an honor to have you in our family room or to have you joining us online. It means the world to us that you would set aside time today to to be here with us and, and we so appreciate it. At Community Life, we love God, we love our neighbor, and we believe that our mission is to connect people to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the source of life. And so our hope is that um, you will find that source of life, you will hold on to it, and then that you will also share that with every single person that you encounter. And um, if there's anything that we can do to stand alongside you in this crazy world, can we all agree that it's a crazy world? Um, we would love as a church to be able to do that. And So just, just let us know, and we'd, we'd jump right in the trenches with you. So a couple quick announcements. <clears throat> I, I pray that my voice lasts the rest of today. Um, it's been a fun day. Um, so a couple quick announcements, and then we'll jump into the, uh, uh, two different parts of our, of our time together today. So the first one has to do with uh, Night to Shine, which is our prom for our, our special abilities folks. And uh, just want you to know, we've been pushing this for a while now. We have all of the buddies that we need. Isn't that awesome? So excited about that. Uh, go ahead. And I know some of y'all are dusting off your tuxedos. Let's see how those tuxedos from the 70s look. Y'all, come on. Man, it's going to be fantastic. But we're we're glad about that. The one thing that we're asking and for you to consider is um, when we work the red carpet and the paparazzi, we invite our military personnel to um, wear their dress blues or whatever. my, My dad was in the Air Force, so dress blues. I don't know if that's across all of the Let's say you're formal wear um, to help escort our guests down the aisle. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's something that'll be absolutely fantastic. If that speaks to your heart and you'd love to be a part of that, stop out in the lobby and check in with the gals out there and they'll get you all signed up. Same thing about those old tuxedos. Some of y'all are looking at your dress blues and you're like, I don't know if those are going to fit the same way, but you still got two weeks, right? Like, I mean, there are things you can do. Uh, to get there. Y'all never look better, man. Put them on and it's amazing. So we just invite you to to jump into the middle of all that. We have a discovery class that is starting next week. It'll be during this service. So if you want to go to discovery, you can come to the the 10 o'clock service and then attend discovery at this service. Uh, Discovery is kind of our next step after First Step. So if you want to find out more about the church or really get into detail, um, it's going to start next week and then it's going to run for three weeks, I think. Um, And uh, you just need to let us know. You can either do that out of the welcome desk or use the QR code on the left and go ahead and register for that. Uh, Giving statements will be emailed out tomorrow. And um, Kat wanted me to remind you that there's still openings uh, for a lot of couples groups, all sorts of support groups that we have out there available if uh, if you're looking for a group to connect with. Um, Ladies, we have some of the best classes for you on the planet. Like if you want to, and, and guys too, but ladies, I mean like ladies are showing up and they're teaching classes and it's amazing. So if you're looking for a place to connect, uh, stop out in the lobby and they'll, they'll get you there. And, and for all ladies and guys, we have the best teachers at this church and um, it's just amazing. So if you want to learn your Bible, you want to learn some different topical stuff, uh, find out what we have to offer and looking forward to that. Okay, um, so we're going to take the next uh, let's say 20 minutes. The first service I took 35, the next service I took 30. Uh, we're going to try to get this to 20 and, and talk about um, our giving from, from 2023 and then look at 2024. And so, if you if you came in and you did not get one of these books, um, if you'll do me a favor and just raise your hand, wave. I know as Paul is, this, is down for, is that Paul? I can't see my glasses off. Um, they're going to bring you uh, one of the books. I'll wave. Oh, Micah, my daughter. Um, she's got, you got one now. You ready? <laughs> You're so funny. Okay, good. Uh, And we're just going to walk through this. Now, if you're a guest today and you hear the preacher say, grab one of these books where we're going to talk about 2023 giving, don't worry. Um, I'm not going to come and try and get your wallet. Uh, I will not be walking the aisles with a credit card swiper at the end of this service. You can relax. It's all good. In fact, I, I think the way we're going to talk about money today and talk about resource today is one of the most healthy ways That I have ever seen a church have this conversation because we're going to be working through what we spent and show you how the money that you gave hit the ground in 2023. Um, We believe that if our mission is to connect people to Jesus, then every dollar you give, we are accountable for, and we want you to know that that's exactly what it's doing. So we want to report that out to you, and we're going to take time in the service to be able to do that. So if you go ahead and open up uh, your books um, and And you can flip through there, you can see the core values, you can see our history. Uh, Another thing I'll mention to you is if you have any questions along the way about our history, about the finance, please let us know. We're open, we're transparent, and we'll walk you through every bit of that. um, About the history as well, if you want to know about how we get to this place, um, we can share that with you. Um, But I'm I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you because there's something about me and the team when we come to work. Uh, I've, I've worked in ministries in my life where... I wasn't this excited to go to work every single day. Here, man, it's like seeing the palpable hand of God in the lives of the people around. Just some of the statistics that we're going to go through, life changes all around. I see it happening in people's lives, and it's amazing, and I'm so excited about the work that God is doing. So let's dive into it. So on this first, uh, about third page in. Impact 2023, you're giving an action. And you see that first number across the top, $2,816,117. That is the amount of resource money that went through our hands out into the community and out into the world in 2023. Um, this, you can look at the different statistics that are underneath that as far as the percentages of how that money was spent. Um, so 16 point, uh, 16.18% went into gathering and worship, and so that's into making what we do on Sunday mornings possible. You can see that where that percentage is. I love that we spend 17% of our budget on children and youth. Uh, they are not the generation of the future, they are the generation of now, and if you were to ever go up and watch one of the youth services, first of all, we would tase you because you're not supposed to be there. But second of all, you would see that they are in ministry and they are a part of what God is doing in their lives. And they're reaching out and they're bringing in their friends. And it's incredible the work that's going on there. Uh, Adults, that's Kat and and her team and the work they're doing. Cares and community and missions, that's local, international, and uh, local, national, international. All of our partners, whether they're in Pensacola or here or Nicaragua, Zimbabwe, in Honduras. Uh, so that makes up that, that amount there. And then inside of that number is also Addie and the work that she's doing and CARES along with her team. And then fa- uh, facilities and administration, that's um, what it costs for us to heat, cool, pay for the building, uh, all the different projects that we, we were a part of uh, over the course of the year. Just absolutely incredible, the work that was accomplished. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, but the number that makes up that 2.8 million you see these two numbers down here on the bottom left underneath the, the percentage logo. 2023 uh, general giving. So, last year, in just general offerings, um, you gave $2.4 million, and that went right into our budget and went to work. The number underneath that is our directed giving of 331000 Now, you might say, Scott, what is, what is directed giving? Directed giving is everything else. So, think Night to Shine, Tux Bucks the resource that comes in to help fund that ministry. Think Vacation Bible School. We have people in this church that that's been their heartbeat, that in their life they were impacted by Vacation Bible School. They have kids in children's ministry, and so that's one of the areas that they direct extra giving um, to that area. And so those amounts of money that come in, your students as they raise money to go on mission trips, that goes into that $331,000, and it goes directly into the life of the church and the work that they're doing, but it's outside of budget. And then the additional part to make up that number is the $79,000, 632, that's money that was taken from a previous year's overage that was placed into last year. And once again, I'll tell you about those projects here in a second as to what was accomplished. So when you look at that, you can see um, the makeup of of all the resources that came in. So now let's talk about some of the exciting stuff that happens. And and let's start by talking about children's ministry, Vacation Bible School. Now, um, I'm not going to lie. I think our Vacation Bible School is the absolute best on the planet. Um, We take it serious, serious enough that we don't just take our students and put them through Vacation Bible School. We open it up to the community. So we average around 300 children that are a part of the life of this church, Um, maybe more than that. But when you look at this number, 673 children last year attended Vacation Bible School for five days, and they got to hear the gospel message. It was absolutely incredible Um, just how they were able to interact, hear the message, and go through just this crazy, wonderful, immersive experience that was here always blown away by that. Um, but here's the thing that really gets me. 335 adults volunteered to hang out with 673 children. And every time I see that number, I'm like, now that's Jesus, that people would be willing to come. To, some of y'all took a week off of work to be here to, to be willing to do that. So thank you for the work that you're doing there. And it just goes to prove that this church is serious about that next generation. So excited about it. I forgot to tell the two services before this so you guys are getting a little inside track. Um, Vacation Bible School is scheduled this year, the week of June the tenth, and the theme is scuba, scuba diving. So it's going to be awesome. That means Clint and I'll be running around with what? Okay, forget it. Let's keep going. <clears throat> All right, another piece of information that's amazing is about our preschool. And some of y'all heard this. If you know, don't don't let the cat out of the bag yet. So when Kristen took over the preschool back just right around pre-COVID. Um, We knew we were having some struggles there, but she took over the preschool, and then like a month later, we were notified by the county that we were on probation, that our students weren't testing well, and when the test grades came out, we were not last, we were second to last. And I remember Kristen went, wait, what? So she was now in charge, and if you know one thing about Kristen and her team, they don't like being second to last. So she got to work, and within a year and a half, they went from second to last to first in the county. Number one, not incredible? And when I say first, I don't mean they graded higher than everyone. Every child from this school that tested when they went into kindergarten scored a 100%. There was not one child who missed one test on any one question on any one of the tests that they went into. So went from second to last to now 100% when they went in. And and if you just, but wait, there's more. So then um, a year later, as Kristen just continues with her team to work forward in the work that they're doing, they were nominated and won and were selected to be one of four in the state of Florida as the best preschool in the state of Florida. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) So... If you have children or you plan on starting a family, you get your reservations in now because it's hard to get in the preschool. Kristen likes tickets to um, Georgia football, Georgia, no, I'm just kidding, she does. But anyways, uh, she's not taking any bribes, at least that I know of. but it's amazing the work that she's doing there, but that's your resource. That is a part of this church. It's an extension of this church, and it's connected to this church. All right, let's talk about Emerged Student Ministry. Um, last year was a tough year for, for students. Uh, so when uh, Clint became an associate at the church, Nikki Cruz, who was worked with him for years as an assistant, she took over youth ministry. And last year, she moved to Atlanta with her husband. And my son, who was the assistant youth director, had never really done that. Had only been a couple months into it. Found himself as the interim. Um, just figuring it out and did such a great job. We pulled around him and he just did a wonderful job holding all of that together and gave us enough time to where we could go out and we could hire the right person because that is such a vital position. You want to make sure it's right. You want to make sure it's safe. You want to make sure they're sound in the things that they teach and that they're a good culture fit. And so we brought Matt in here blew me away. His connection to this community, his connection to this church, and now you see as he's just kind of getting his uh, his footing underneath him, the growth that's going on in in youth ministry is just profound, and he's putting systems in place that this thing is just going to continue to grow and reach all over the place. So, so proud of the work um, that they're doing. All right, flip over to uh, worship and teaching. Um, So, average attendance, 1,125. That's that's a lot to me. I, I look at that number, I think, oh, it feels like so much more. It's because it is. Um, That's the average over the course of the year. Last year, we grew by 300 people over the course of the year, but we averaged the whole year together. And I just want you to know that we're growing. Things are moving pretty quickly. Um, But here's the number that jumped out to me. Um, Last year, average online attendance, 225 people. Now, just think about this for a moment. We have a church of 225 people that log in. Good morning. Y'all say good morning to them that log in every Sunday morning, on average, 225 people. Some here because you're not feeling well, uh, some that have deployed and they're watching online, some that live in states where they're up to their elbows in snow, they were at this church, or maybe they—they're snowbirds that come down and they go back and forth, but they consider themselves to be a part of this church. And so that number moved us to places where we had to think about the resource that goes into that technology and making sure that we're getting better and, and just doing those things better. So that number just blew me away. Here's the number, you've heard me say this a thousand times, but last year we baptized 224 people. Isn't that Incredible. Dude, so stoked about that number. And what I learned that blew me away because there's there's my, some of my friends or some of my friends that are pastors. So well, 224, that's crazy. I said, you know, if you ask people, they want to be baptized. It's like, you just have to be willing to ask people about it. When people are going through their faith or they become believers, we give you the the opportunity and the chance to do that. And you guys have responded, and that number is amazing. 56 of that number. Were children that went, to priest, that went to the Vacation Bible School responded to the altar call and then decided that they wanted to be baptized. Blew me away. And so you get to see the life of the church right there already growing. Okay, um, drop down to, to connecting um, adults. 850 uh, adults engaged in groups and studies. Now, there's no way for you, unless you've heard me say this before, to know how ridiculous this number is. So um, most churches in the United States, when you look at average, they have... 25% to maybe 30% of their church in small groups. That is the average across the nation as to small groups. And I'm gonna tell you, that's a, that's a challenge because it's inside of small groups where you grow in your faith, you become a disciple. Why Jesus was so impactful with the disciples is because of the time that he spent with them. That's where you grow talking through scripture. Well, when we hired Kat away from the military, she was an intel officer. She was retiring to go work in the guard. And, um, and we came to her, we started talking, heard about her heart and her passion for ministry and just offered her the position. We didn't tell her what the national statistic is. And she comes in and just crazy cat puts 850 of y'all in a life group, which just blows away the national norm. So what I need you to not do is tell her that she's destroying the national norm because somebody will try to come away and hire her away from the rest of us. But dude, this number blows me away. The work that they do, Kat and her team, um, Beth and Chelsea, they're just great. And if you lead a life group, you know, they're gonna stand alongside you and support you. Sometimes you get mad at them because they, they tell you you can't do certain things and then you do them anyways and then you gotta get in trouble. So um, I don't know why that's a squirrel. All right, uh, I'm proud of Micah, my daughter. I'm gonna have to pay you later for this. But the number 17, uh, Micah and Nate were, were frustrated that there was not a group for them to be a part of, and so they started a, a group study for, for college-age students, and they found 17 that, aver- that was the average that attended, but you got like 30-something that go to colleges all over the nation, and when they land back in a town, they go out to eat, they hang out, they read scripture, they study, they have a Bible study. And I'll tell you, if you see them in a restaurant, number one, you'll hear them before you see them, um, but number two, buy their meal because they're broke and they're starving. Tammy and I did this one time. We were in a restaurant. It was the cheapest thing I ever bought because they're all ordering breadsticks and water. So feed them, love them. Those guys are so amazing, the work that God is doing. All right, flip over to 35,000, that number you see on the next page. Communion fund. This fund is amazing. In a world where nobody passes an offering basket anymore because who carries cash? Some of you do. And and what is a check? Some of y'all write checks. We love our check writers. Um, But how does this offering... Every time we receive communion, we take up a communion offering. And I tried to tell you a little bit about what we do with that communion offering. I want to read for you what Addie shared with me. Here are some of the things. So we use that resource to provide clothing for people that are in need, Um, food, utilities. Uh, We've built wheelchair ramps. Um, We've bought wheelchairs for the lobby if people have um, uh, mobility issues and we need to help them during church, we do that. We've paid to help people move from from a a place of destitution to affordable housing. We've uh, bought mattresses for the women's shelter in Pensacola. Uh, Addie buys DoorDash gift cards for families in hospitals because you imagine, mom, if you're in the hospital, your family wouldn't survive because they've never cooked for themselves. So Addie pulls alongside and she figures out how to provide that resource for your family that's going back and forth to be able to do that. That's truly caring for them. We just offset child care for, uh, for med- uh, to help offset medical costs. Child care for people um, who are in couples counseling. I love, this is one of the things she does. Our new moms, um, if Addie's able to, she'll, she'll contract with somebody. They'll go in and they'll clean their house. Now, we let them know that we're gonna do this. Clean their entire home. Moms, could you imagine what it would have been like to have a church stand alongside you when you brought a child home from the hospital that you were able to go into and just be? And not worry about all of the other crazy stuff. That's one of the things that she does. Homeless bags for people that walk in off the streets. Um, And we partner with other organizations that have... um A deeper vetting processes because you know it's hard for us to work through that and we've got a we've got a great team that's able to sit alongside people and coach them but in some instances we don't have all the information so we work with local organizations to do that and um, those are some of the resources that we put in so Addie has done a great job uh, working in cares and so that thirty five thousand dollars is huge it goes a long way and thank you for supporting the communion fund all right special abilities the number thirty four. Uh, doesn't look like a large number in this church, but I want you to know that every single week, 34, there's a community of 34 people that are in our special abilities group that attend church upstairs. They play their own music. They have their own teaching. They have their own craft. So they're a part of, they're learning the Bible message. And then two or th- about two times a year, we have them on the stage. They help to lead worship. They're a part of the life of the church. And that's one of the numbers that I'm most proud of. It's a marker of our church, what we do in the special needs community. And dude, I am so proud of that. So that number to me really does incredible things for me. Uh, other celebrations. Um, You look down here, and and probably the biggest thing that I love about last year was the Angel of Hope statue, not just because of the statue, but because of the ministry that it opened up for us. Um, As a result of that statue going in place, and hear me, the statue is not holy, but the conversation that was created around it was. We found 100 plus families that had walked through the loss of a child. That's what the statue remembers. It's, It's in remembrance of those families that have lost a child. And it really gave us the ability to pull alongside families and love them in the midst of that pain in a way that we've never have before. And not that we're perfect in doing that, but we're getting better and I'm proud of that moment as well. Now, that's just one instance of money that's gone back in. Last year, we also replaced multiple air conditioners in big parts of the building. The big signs that you see on the side of the building, the big lit up community life. You know, nobody knew that this was a church forever. And they thought it was a community center. Now they know it's a church because the light, when you drive by, you can see the light that's shining out of there. I love that. Um, and then we bought 250 more chairs for this room. The 10 o'clock service, we're adding chairs even now so that we can make sure we can get everybody in here. So it's just incredible to see that work too. All right, um, flip over to the next page. 2024 budget total. Um, so this will take a little bit of explaining. And um, just so just hang, hang tight with me. Here we go. So the budget for 2024, the year that we're currently in, is 2899999. Nine, nine, nine. Greta's like, really, Scott? Why not 29? I'm like, sounds better. Go with the 2899, nine. whatever, whatever, whatever. You guys, you guys can see numbers. So 29 two, is our budget this year. Now, I don't want you to be confused. The number that's on the first page is the 2816. That's the overall number. 289999929 is our budget that is set for this year. Now, if you look, our income last year was $2.4 million. So just some quick math, 2.4 to 2.9, that's a $500,000 increase. Now, if you're a business owner or if you know anything about church statistics or church growth, that's a 20% growth. That is strong, and um, dare I say, crazy. And uh, some of you might be like, yeah, Scott, what are you thinking there? Um, So that's a $500,000 growth. Here's what I want you to know. Your finance committee at this church is is incredible. They're frugal. They're smart. um, They set aside for the future, and they prepared for days like this. And that growth, you might say, Scott, why a $500,000 increase? Last year, broke us. The growth that we experienced in 2023, when we disaffiliated in 22 and we went through all the growth in 23, um, it, you guys broke all of our systems. Like we weren't prepared for all of the things that we experienced. And so what happens is finance is they set aside resource looking at the different projects and stuff that we had. And we looked at the budget number that when it came in and we vetted through the growths and the asks that were there. Finance determined that what we were asking for in that extra $500,000 were necessary for us to continue to grow and do the work that God has called us to do. So, um, so the, the extra $500,000, I'll just tell you what, what makes up that number so that you can at least have some awareness. So a, a lot of it is, is found in staffing, but staffing in the areas that make sense when you're growing. Uh, think of CARES. The church. It's CARES ministry. So we had to develop that role and expand that entire ministry. So there's a piece of it that goes there. In production, uh, the online experience, the sound, everything that we're doing here, being able to elevate that, that's a piece of it. Communications. Communication is the hardest thing that we do. All of the events that we have, all the different age groups, all the different denominations that were here, you all speak a different language. And so trying to put all that together in a system is very difficult. Mia Burke came in. She put all those systems in place. And then then now Nikki is the one that has stood alongside that and held it. Even though she lives in Atlanta, she does a lot of that creating... Uh, graphics and vetting and making sure everything stays on brand, Um, and then the IT portion of the church. All of that had to come up so that we could continue to do that work. If you're gonna think about ministry, we were able to add resource to young adults, add resource to youth, add resource to Vacation Bible School, and then, as I said, also to CARES. So you look at that growth that's across the board. Now you say to me, okay, Scott, um, 20%, give me some math on that. Our average growth year over year for as long as we've been keeping track of these numbers is eight to nine percent. And so when you take that 2.4 and you multiply it by 8 or 9%, you get about $200,000. And so we anticipate that because of your giving and your stewardship, that our natural normal growth is about $200,000. That leaves us with a $300,000 shortfall. Well, finance has taken and allocated that $300,000 because they know that this is a necessary gap year, and they're going to cover that money with resources that we already have so that you guys can focus on just growing in your stewardship, being the church and allowing God to do the work that he's doing. Does that make sense, everybody? So I think if we're just gonna, if we would stop at talking about just the budget income and the budget information, just focus on praying about what God is speaking to your finances and grow in those areas. If you love the work that God is doing, if you love the baptisms, if this is your church, think about that resource and just be obedient to where God is taking you. And we'll hit that $200,000. The money is in place to take care of it. And we're gonna be fine in terms of the way that the budget unfolds. Amen? Okay, so everybody understands that math. If you've got questions, ask me. Here's the thing that I want to put out there, and this is different. So in, um, in this church, the building of this facility, during COVID, we renovated almost every aspect of this building except for one piece. Do you know what piece that is? This space that you're sitting in. This space has not been changed, except for maybe some paint, since 2000. It's almost the same. And, um, and it's, time, it's time to renovate it. It's time to do some work on that. And, and so this is, this is what we're going to do. But I'll, I'll tell you, here, here's how I know. See the screen over here? Just look at that for all those that are in-house. I don't know if the online folks can see it. If you just look at the pastor. No, no, go back to that image. You look at that pastor right there. If you were a doctor, you would think I had jaundice. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, this is not. And so when you're coming here and you're expecting a certain level of expectation at a church, it's hard to kind of, and these guys do a wonderful job with all of the stuff that they're doing, but it's time for us to go ahead and bring that up. So what we're going to do is we're renovating this room. Um, this whole stage is going out. We're actually going to build in a stage that's going to be more rounded in the front. It's going to, it's going to get me closer to you. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. The, all these screens and projectors are going away. This wall is going to be built out. Giant LED screen there, big LED screen on the stage, big LED screen on that side. All new sound, all new lights. Ceiling is getting painted. Um, all of the walls are getting painted. Those pads right there, I recommend you not touch them because they are nasty. Um, But they have been there for all this time. All of that's going to get changed out. Um, Oh gosh, there's all of the the electricity that goes along with it. It's it's all important. And here's another aspect. On the other side of that wall over there are three big units, two air-conditioned units and one um, uh, dehumidifier. Those all have to be replaced. They're already on order, working on putting them in. That's a $300,000 ticket. So that's $300,000. This renovation right here is $600,000. And then you have the shortfall, which is $300,000. So you ready for this? Finance has set aside the $300,000 for the shortfall. So now let's talk renovations. They've set aside the $300,000 to cover the air conditioners. So now let's look at the stage. That's $600,000 is what this will cost in total. They have $200,000 to put towards that. That leads a shortage of, everybody say, $400,000. dollars so I need $400,000. Y'all ready? We're going to give till it hurts. No, I'm kidding. Um, so as we look at that number, I've never stood on the stage and made that sort of ask. And I'm just asking you to pray about it, to, to, to see what God has to say to you. Um, one of our thoughts on this is, is if you are willing to go above um, your normal giving and, and as a family give $1,000, we'll get there. Some families, I know that you can do five, 10, $20,000, that would be your relative understanding of what $1,000 is like, is like for most people. I mean, you, you have a sense about that. For some of you, it might be $500. My mom would pay probably $100,000 to shave my beard off right now. Um, I wish she was able to do that. I would gladly shave it. That's, that's a deal I would make with you if you want to do that too. Um, but I, I'm not worried about it. Because the way that this church handles resource and the way that you guys give, God is going to meet the need that's here, and, um, and we're going to be fine. And, and just so you know, the Monday after Easter, we're ripping walls down. So um, this is going to happen. We know that it's going to take place, and we're just going to start moving in that direction. So consider what God is calling you to do. And here's my close, and then, then we'll pray, and then we're going to jump into a message. Um, honestly, I want you to pray about it. If this is your church, and, you know, we only make it because of, God and how he inspires us and how he moves us and then also your resource, helping us to do that. Pray about it and then act upon it. Give. Um, Greta set aside a building fund um, and we call it the Renovating the Family Room Fund. There's some kind of catchy name to it. But if you want to go ahead and pay and go ahead and put that money in there, we appreciate that. You can set aside a little bit of a month and, and do as, as you can with that. But pray about it. Go ahead and give. If you have questions, we're open to answering any of those questions as transparent as, as we ever could possibly be with finance. And then the last part is... Um, we, we commit to being on mission. If we're doing things that are not connecting people to Jesus, we will stop doing them. And we feel wholeheartedly that getting this place up to, up to where it needs to be, it's a reflection on vacation Bible school, on the preschool, on Sunday mornings, and really connecting to the community in a whole new way. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, and we're thankful for this conversation and being a part of a church where, God, we can experience you, man, so often, every Sunday morning, a moment where we know, God, that, that we are in your presence and I'm um, walking alongside and seeing hearts and lives change. And it just blows me away to get these chances. So God, move, lead us, guide us. We trust you. We love you. And it's all in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay. So the sermon today um, is, is found in Ezekiel. Chapter 37, so if you want to go ahead and flip there, we'd love for you to do that. For those of you that are following along inside your, in your Bibles, uh, if not, we'll have the, the words on the screen. But we're in a series called Speak Life, and this is the last Sunday in this series. Um, and, and what we're doing is we're, we're, we're trying to wrestle with the words that God, that, that comes out of our mouth, and the power that those words have. And really contemplating the meaning and where they come from and how we use them in our lives. And, and so today's going to be in keeping with exactly that. And I'm, I'm really excited about this message, how it's unfolded in the other services. But I want you to know that words matter. Um, the things that you say to someone, they may hold on to those words for a long time, good or bad. So make sure that you're speaking life. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, King Solomon says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So you have the ability to speak life, you have the ability to speak death, but know this, whatever you choose, you're gonna eat the fruit of those words that you're speaking. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, 34 and 35, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of the good treasure. The evil person brings evil things out of the evil treasure. So not only do we have a choice, life or death, we draw it from whatever has been placed inside of us. And so since this is a year of transformation, we need to transform our hearts to make sure that what we're drawing from is good. It's righteous. We have those words to share, to speak over someone else. And then um, we've gone through three weeks of this. I encourage you to go back online if you want to watch those messages. But today we're going to be in Ezekiel 37. And this takes a setup, and then we're going to read it and talk about it. So let me just kind of bring you into context. Most of you can remember the story of Moses. So you have the children of Israel in the wilderness. Then they Uh, so that's Moses, and then the passing of the power to Joshua, he goes into the promised land, they fight all the battles, and when Joshua passes the reins off, he passes it off to a time period that's known as the judges, and you can go read about that in the Old Testament, but the time period of the judges is really the downward spiral of Israel, maybe the the worst time that they ever had, and it just ends in one of those deplorable states. So the time period of the judges ends with the kingdom period, or the, the period of the kings, and you've heard of Saul and David and Solomon. And so those are the first three kings. Well, after Solomon, the kingdom splits into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Um, The the northern kingdom is known as the kingdom of Israel. The southern kingdom is known as the kingdom of of Judah. And so just for reference, in the northern kingdom, there was never a righteous king based on scripture. And in the southern kingdom, they weren't much better. There were a few, but they still had their hot messes all along the way. And so as you go through and you look at the history in this time frame that we're moving forward into, While the kingdom period was unfolding, they kept getting worse and worse and worse. And whenever the people of God stray, God raises up prophets that will scream from the rooftops You got to repent, get your life right, or God is going to deal with you. He will give you over to these other nations that are around. And that's exactly what happened in 721 BC. The Assyrians come into the northern kingdom and they exile and disperse all 10 tribes of the northern kingdom. They're lost to history. Now now what this means is they had this ability that when they would overthrow an enemy they wouldn't just leave them there in their country they would take and they would deport them elsewhere removing them from their culture removing them from their land setting them in a place where they lost their literal identity and so the northern kingdom was just obliterated well not after that happens in 596 BC the same thing happens in Jerusalem and in the southern kingdom. Except this time it's the Babylonians. The Babylonians come in, they overthrow Jerusalem, but they have a little different process. They didn't just scatter everybody. They came in and they took the best and the brightest of all of Israel and they shipped them back to Babylon. And they used them to help in their leadership and to train and to really learn and to to draw the culture from them. So imagine you're living life in your country and then all of a sudden you're gone. Somebody comes, they overthrow your country and they take you away and you're forced to work in another country. Or worse than that, Imagine someone comes and takes your children, your future, and they take them to another country, and, and you no longer have them, and they're gone, and it's over. I mean, that, that's, that is, in that first exile is when Ezekiel was taken to Babylon. Now, Following right after that, in 587 BC, Jerusalem was still fighting back against the Babylonians. They had not allowed God to transform their hearts. And so King Nebuchadnezzar goes back into Jerusalem and he raises it to the ground, just destroys the whole place. And so, in one foul swoop, they lose all of their identity. They lose the lineage of David um, because now there's a vassal king that's been put in place. Um, They lose the temple, which was their form of worship. Everything is broken. Everything is destitute. And so to set up for this message, what you need to know is that when that happens in history, Ezekiel changes his writing. So prior to these chapters that we're going to read today, everything that he wrote was about them changing their hearts so that God wouldn't, or that God is going to bring judgment or God's going to do all these things. But once everything was destroyed, his prophecies started to change to talk about the future. And now we're going to dive into chapter 37. One more point. There's a word, a Hebrew word, that's used over and over and again in this. And the word is ruach, which means three different things. Wind, spirit, and the breath of God. Wind, spirit, and breath. And he uses that word interchangeably throughout this entire piece, which allows you to know that it is God, the wind of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God, that brings things to life. That's the main heartbeat behind this message. Verse 30, or chapter 37, verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the spirit, by the ruach of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And so if you've ever walked up on a carcass in the woods or something, you look at it, you kind of study it a little bit, and you wonder what happened here, right? Verse two, he led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. Like if you're an archaeologist and you found this, you'd be diving into the history of what was taking place, but he started to describe them. That these bones are dry, they're dead, there's no life there. There has to be something that took place in this valley, but every single thing that is around him is dead. So he has him survey, look at the bones. Verse three, he said to me, mortal, can these bones live? You ever have somebody ask you a rhetorical question? Best not to answer it. You didn't, you did so good. That was a rhetorical question. Um, I thought that was funny. Uh, Mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Don't you love the fact that he looked and he thought, they can't live if I do anything, but I'm best just to push this back into your court. So Ezekiel says, God, only you know if these bones can live. Because he looked at them. They're dead. It doesn't make any sense. It's a bone. It's a dried, bleached bone. He says, God, only you know that. Um, Verse four, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Now, I'm, I'm going to explain to you my connection and speak life. So the word prophesy means to say a word that is anointed or to say what it is that God has given you to say. We've already established in our series that to speak life is not just to speak positively. It is to be anchored in the word of God and the words that God gives you to speak. And so prophesying is to look at a person and to call out of them the things that God has placed there. And so if somebody is an amazing musician that you see God using in a way, when you look at them and you say, God has uniquely gifted you to do this, I pray a blessing over your life. You are prophesying, you are speaking life over them because that's the gift that God has placed there. So he says, prophesy or speak life to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Not hear the word of Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath or ruach, to enter you and you shall live i will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover your skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that i am the lord the emphasis is on the that god is the one you shall see you shall see you shall see and then you will know you shall know that i am the one that brought these things to life verse 7 so I prophesied, I spoke life as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, look at this verse, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. There were all these bodies that were there, that were present, but absolutely no life. If you met somebody that's a believer, but you just, you like, I don't know the God that you actually know. It's weird what you're acting like and the words that are coming out of your mouth. There's a body, but there's no spirit. Verse nine. Then he said to me, this verse nine is powerful. It's got Ruach in it five times. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. O oh, breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Now, verses eleven down through fourteen, these are important because it puts it into context. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely um we are cut off completely, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, now hold on, remember, Ezekiel is dealing with people who have lost everything, and this is the word that he gives, and now he's explaining, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves, and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord, um, when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O oh, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. And we see that take place when they return out of exile and God leads them back and they take well, Actually, we've seen this in the life of Israel multiple times in impossible situations that God brings them back in, into their land. So um, let's just talk about the scripture quickly. Now, you know me, you know I'm about context. And it's very important for me to know that you know that I know that that you can't just take scripture and lay it over Gulf Breeze. This scripture in context is about Israel. You need to understand that. So for me to make the inference and, and make the statement that there are pieces of this that we can understand for our life, you need to know why I'm doing that. I'm not trying to say that we're Israel and I'm not trying to say that all of this applies to us, but there is a truth in this where we can see how God operates and operates in our lives. And here's the key. One of the markers of our God is that he brings dead things to life. Now this is the entire story of our faith. And listen to this statement and I think this will make sense to you. God has been turning graves into gardens ever since Adam and Eve turned a garden into a grave. God has been reversing that process and bringing life out of death ever since. That is one of the markers of God, bringing life out of a dead thing. And so if we consider our text, I love the idea of, of Ezekiel, even in a vision, walking around looking at a bunch of bones. And God says, what, what do you see there? And he's like, this is a dry bunch of, bunch of bones. Right, have you ever been in your, a time in your life where you looked around at a scenario and it was just dead? a relationship, a friendship, a business. Uh, Go down and and just think about the different things where you're looking at a scenario and you're thinking to yourself, this thing is done. I've done every single thing that I know. I've I've, I've, I've attempted all the things that everybody else told me. I've gone all the counseling. I've done all the things. And this thing is just dead. It's kind of like walking around and looking at seeing all the bones and knowing you can't do anything about them. And then God comes along and he says, hey, mortal. Now, I love to think about this is, hey, you person that's not God, what can you do about this? Or can these bones come to life? And our answer is no, I've done every single thing. And a lot of times that's when God says, good, I was waiting for you to stop trying. Now I can do something about it. He's like, hey, mortal, can these bones live? And so for me, the the first thing that we have to come up with and understand in our lives is that with God's spirit, anything is possible. Now be careful I'm not offering you a bag of cash in the ditch. I'm offering you the truth that God is sovereign. And if God wants to do it, God absolutely will do it. Our job is to be obedient in this process of what God is doing. And so when we look at something and it's dead, if God calls it to life, it's going to come to life. If we look at it and we call it to life, good luck, unless that's exactly what God wants. So we're going to be obedient. If God tells us to speak life with those bones, that is exactly what we're going to do. Um, and so then the second part that jumps out to me. He says, prophesy to these bones, speak life to them. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I love that he didn't say, oh, dry bones, hear what uh, cool things Ezekiel has to say. Or hear what positive, word, dry bones, you look so white and good and, and the way you are. No, no, no. He says, speak life over these bones and hear what the word of the Lord has to say. And then God speaks life over them. He says, um, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. So once again, our place in this process is to be obedient. And then finally, this one just jumped off the page to me. Without God's spirit, life is just flesh and bone. It's amazing to me that Ezekiel sees this valley of bones. God brings them together as bodies, but there's no life in them. We've met people in our lives that, that sound holy, they sound like the things that, that we've been studying, they look like they're believers, but the fruit in their life doesn't really add up, right? I'm gonna tell you, without the Spirit of God living inside of us, we are just flesh and blood. And here's the thing that I love most about this, and I remember my dad talking to me years ago about this, that, that Scott, if you choose to live your life without God, then you are only as good as you can be. That this great big story is yours, and when you're gone, you're gone. And then he doubled down and he said, you know, Scott, as, 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 I, as old as I am, Micah and Nate, that they're gonna remember me and maybe my great-grandchildren, they may remember the stories, but my great-great-grandchildren, there's not much of a chance that they're gonna know who I am. Do you know, it passes that fast for us. But when you have the spirit of God living inside of you, you take what is the small sphere of your life and you connect it to the greater story and you become a part of this God that has been bringing things to life ever since the very beginning amen and so that's where we're talking about making sure to allow the spirit of God to live inside of you and i think this is me saying to you if if you've not opened up your heart to Jesus why why not Why would you not allow yourself to be a part of a a narrative that connects you to people that are about life and about seeing great things happen in this world where people are connected to the lover of their soul? That's what this is all about. God bringing life to us every single day. And so as we close this down, here's my thought. Um, In this series of Speak Life, we can recognize that we are the part of the great big story, God's story, and in his story, we have this role to play. We can call people to life, his life, by speaking life, or... We can choose our own life and our own power and our own words, to which I say, mortal, how's that working out for you? And I pray that we will all stop for a moment and consider, what is it that we want to be a part of in life? We want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves? Man, I hope you do. Because when I look around and I see what God is doing in this community and the life of our church, it far exceeds anything that Scott could do on his own. And I'm so grateful to be linking arm in arm with you and just being a part of this journey. Amen? And today, I hope all of us will open up our hearts and allow God to just do something incredible inside of us. Now, in a moment, we're gonna, the band is gonna lead us in a song that I'm telling you, I'm so stoked about. Um, it's a song that has to do exactly with this, these verses that we just read. And it's, it's a call to, to live again and what God can do and hear those bones rattling. But before that, um, I want to pray for us. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, and I thank you for the work you're doing in this community, in this world, even the finances, um, the people that volunteer, um, the way that we're able to attend and, and to grow in groups. And I just pray, God, that your spirit would lead the way, that this church would never be about Scott, that it would be about the spirit of God that leads us and directs us and the team that's here and the lives and the families that are around And that, God, wherever we find ourselves, that we would recognize you are present to us and that you have something to say about that scenario that's in front of us. And that, God, we would entrust you with it. And, Lord, for those that maybe don't know you, my heart and my cry is that they would open up their hearts today and become a part of of what you're doing in this world. God, these are hard, hard, hard days, but none of them surprise you. And so as we join our hearts to you, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would indwell us you would fill us and we'd be a part of the great outpouring of your spirit in this world. We love you, we trust you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I invite you, if you will, to stand and enjoy this closing song. Um, Addie's on the side here. She'd love to pray with you. I'll be on this side. I would love to pray with you. Thank you for your time today. Saturday was silent,
2: surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment, and Sunday's empty too Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling it's a praise make a dead man walk again good.
4: us to start this year. With that in mind, that God speaks life and as his people, we are also called to speak life to so our community and our families and our relationships and all those places we go. If you're new here, if you're looking for a way to, to get connected, we'd love to have a conversation with you just right out in the lobby immediately following the service. And if you want to find out uh, how to jump into a life group, a community of people who you can know and be known, go meet with a cat and Chelsea and their team right after the service as well, and they'll have a, a word for you as well. But before we leave this place, let's pray, y'all. God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for this morning, for this series, for the word that you have given us. God, a word of life, because God, that's exactly who you are and what you do. God, from the beginning, you've been speaking life into creation. You've been speaking into our hearts. You've been drawing us into relationship with you, and I pray that you'd help us to do those same things as we leave this place, as we lean into the calling that you have on our life, that you would help give us the words, give us the passion, give us the lives to be able to speak life to all those around us who so desperately need to hear. From those people who are smiling next to us but inside are dry bones, God, give us the words, the spirit to speak to them, bring them back to life. God, I'm so grateful for this group, for your church and the impact that we're able to have in the community through your spirit and through your son. We love you and we ask all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. We love y'all. Have a great week.
2: Oh, my God is able to say until this.